Hello, and welcome back to How Good Is That? Season 4, To Hell and Back. This is episode 9 of our American Horror Story run-through. This time we're talking about 1984. I'm J-Rod. I'm Jessica. And this season of American Horror Story is... I mean, a it, trip through time. It's it's truly. it's nostalgia because everyone's doing that. Which is funny because American Horror Story does go through like time travel all the time in a sense because there's always different decades and eras and stuff. Yeah, but this one's like kind of essential, even though they go over a few decades too. Yeah. So. But yeah, the eighties are alive. It's the soundtrack alone the fashion i'm just saying the soundtrack alone makes this season worth watching if you haven't really watched oh yeah the music's amazing um but the so, fashion obvious spoiler warnings <laughs> ahead of time yes cuz apparently people haven't seen this one yet which is super frustrating cuz it's so good it is but it's also it's early and people sometimes wait for it all to be out before oh, they watch something oh cuz we're in the time where people don't watch live tv anymore it's true it's <laughs> So it's a weird timeline. Yeah. Um, but yeah, definitely spoilers. Yeah. So I'll get into the, the overview set in the titular year of 1984. The season follows Brooke Thompson played by Emma Roberts as she travels to remote, uh, travels to a remote newly reopened summer camp known as camp Redwood to work as a counselor following a terrifying encounter with serial killer, Richard Ramirez played by Zach Vila. A.K.A. the Night Stalker. A.K.A. the Night Stalker. If you Stalker. didn't know. Those traveling with Brooke include Preppy Xavier Plimpton. This is Preppy. Yeah, Preppy. That's so cute. Uh, played by Cody Fern. Athletic Chet Clancy, played by Gus Ken- uh, Kenworthy. Easygoing Ray Powell, played by Deron Horton. And Spunky Montana Duke, played by Spunky. Billy Lord. Oh, that's great. Like, I think they're just using all the keywords of, like... The Breakfast Club? They're trying to. Kind of, yeah. <laughs> But, no, I mean, it, it, they they work for it. Yeah. Um, I feel like I would have picked different words, but that's okay. Yeah, probably would have. It doesn't capture the essence of those characters. They're just generic. It really... It's very generic, yeah. It's okay. Go on. Upon arriving at the camp, they encounter its owner, a deeply religious Margaret Booth played by Leslie Grossman, who was once a camper there and who has her own experience surviving a killer. Other residents of Camp Redwood include a nurse, uh, its nurse Rita, played by Angelica Ross. Yes. Activities director Trevor Kirchner, played by Matthew Morrison. And Camp Chef Bertie, played by Tara Carson, uh, Carcian. Not long after the counselors settle into their first week... News breaks that deranged murderer Benjamin Richter, also known as Mr. Jangles, played by John Carroll Lynch. This isn't their first week. Yeah, even though it's like in like the first two days. The first night. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, Played by John Carroll Lynch, uh, who has a violent history at Camp Redwood, has escaped a local insane asylum and is presumed to be heading for the camp. However, as the season progresses, more secrets unveil about the counselors, as well as flashbacks detailing the history of the camp including Richter's abusive mother, Lavinia, played by Lily Rabe. So. The twists this season are so good. Oh my god. Like, they're subtle, and, like, some people could probably guess them, but they're so good. Yeah. Like, they really did bring the 80s to life, and I love that. Yeah, they, um, and they definitely followed the horror movie tropes, uh, 
Oh my gosh, it's super campy, it's slasher city. Like, a lot of Halloween and Friday the 13th, obviously. A lot of nods to that. Uh, A little bit of Nightmare on Elm Street, too. I mean, isn't there also Sleepaway Camp? And I feel like... Yeah, Sleepaway Camp is definitely... That's the one with the really bizarre ending, right? I think so. Um... So I just feel like there's so many that, like, could fit under it, but it's definitely, like, what you said, Halloween and Friday the 13th. Yeah. Especially Friday the 13th. And I just love John Carroll Lynch as serial killers. Like, he does it so well. And he does it so well that, like, you almost always will have sympathy for the character he plays, even if it's, like, a horrifying murderer. (laughs) Yeah, it's very true. Like, he's so good at it. All right, so, um... Obviously, we can just kind of, we can kind of go through the story, not like by character, because there's only nine episodes this season, so. Yeah, it's the shortest season. It goes by quick. And I have to say, the fucking opening, it, it's probably one of my favorite versions of the American Horror Story theme. Like, yeah, the title sequence is The scenery, so good. the music, the way they did it is just spot on. They nailed it. Like So, yeah, it was very well done. I love it. And actually, when I rewatched, like, I didn't want to skip the, the intro. Because sometimes you want to skip an intro because it's just like, all right, get on with the show. But I don't think we skipped it once. No, like, I even rewatching it. Like, I just, I really love it. Like, the 80s are alive in that, too. Absolutely. And you know what? So, I do want to say when they announced that it was um, going to be <clears throat> 1984 this season, I was like, okay, probably slasher flick, you know. And I also was like, well, 1984 is pretty specific. Is it going to have to do with George Orwell's book? But if anything, I would say like maybe 10% of it, but it's not very, like, it's very subtle, but I feel like it's not as much as I was hoping for. And having not read the book, I didn't pick up on any of it. It's like Big Brother's watching kind of stuff. Yeah. Real like weird, eerie things, but. um, Yeah, they have a little bit of that, like, I guess towards the end of the season. Yeah. So, Okay. Um, but yeah, not as much as I wanted, but I definitely like, I liked the season more than I had expected to. Cause out of all the like decades and stuff that I love the eighties and I love a lot of the things from the eighties and they did a great job. But when I heard it, I was like, oh, like I kind of wish it was like in the sixties or seventies. Cause that's more my thing. But yeah, I really liked this season. Like I was really impressed and <clears throat> there was a lot of people who didn't want to give it a chance, unfortunately, because this was the first season without Sarah Paulson and without Evan Peters. And yeah, a lot of people were just like, oh, no, the show's not going to be the they same. They refused to watch it. Like there was people who were like, oh, well, I'm not even going to watch the season. What's the point? And it's just like, did you really only watch the show for those two actors yeah. and actress, like the actor and actress, whatever. But like, it's just, I don't know. Give it a freaking chance. Like, that's just crazy. I don't know. I guess it's not crazy, but, like... Uh, it's not crazy, it's just, it's not fair. Yeah, exactly. Um, like, and, so... Because I'll, I'll say one thing real quick, is that when I when we first started watching the season, like, probably halfway in, I was like, I'm not really into this. Like, I it's, it's fine, but it doesn't feel a part of the rest of American Horror Story, because... It's all, not supposed to. Yeah, that's my point. Yeah. All the rest have been so well tied in. Mm-hmm. And then I kind of came to the realization that he originally was just going to do, like, an anthology style where not all of it was going to have to be super tied in. And once I let go of wanting it to have to do with each other more, I was able to say, you know, that this is actually a really great season because it's very well shot, very well put together, very well written and acted. 
And I could say, okay, maybe it's further up my list than it would have been had I stuck with. It's not the same without the characters or the setting or some of the story points going into more of the other seasons. Yeah. And I mean, there was people who were like, oh, I watched the first episode halfway and I stopped because, you know, they weren't really interested. And I'm like, well, it was a slow start. But like... I mean, once you get towards the end of the episode, shit gets crazy. So it's just like, yeah. I would say give it a chance again if you're one of those people who were just like, mm, I don't know. And honestly, I loved the casting. I mean, I feel like I gushed about every single season um, of American Horror Story on this show. But I mean, there were some I didn't like that much. But yeah. for the most part, I've been like, I love it. I love it. But they nail casting. I truly do think that. And like... I'm not a huge Emma Roberts fan. Like, I like some of the stuff she's done and then some of the other stuff I'm like, eh, and as a person, it's questionable. But um, I really liked her as Brooke. Like, she's literally, she's a scream queen, which is why she was in that other Ryan Murphy show called that. So yeah. it's pretty perfect. But she, like, is the epitome of, like, an 80s scream queen. So I feel like they nailed that with that character for her. Like, when she's running from, like, one of the two murderers this season like actually multiple even more than that um yeah she just she does like the scream and like the horror so well like she's shocked and um like billy lord is montana she's the epitome of 80s right there like her love for aerobics her outfits her her hair yeah like her makeup everything all of it and she brings so much life to that character and then like um I think, was this the first time that the guy who played Chet acted? Because he's a, a Olympian, isn't he? Yeah, Gus Kentworthy. Yeah. Um, this was his one of his first acting And roles. I mean, he was playing an athlete, so it's like not too far, but I think he yeah, did he, a great job. Yeah, he played a former, like almost going to be Olympian, but in real life, he's an actual silver medalist, I think. Okay, at that's one of the cool. Olympics. Yeah, so. I think he did a great job. And yeah. like, I mean, there's always like that typical jock in an 80s movie, I feel like there's always like a, a role they fill in 80s movies. So I feel like they did a great job. And then even Duran, I think this is one of like, probably like his third thing that he's done. Yeah, he hasn't really and, been in much um, yet. I thought he did a great job as Ray. And like, he has such a to me, he has such a fucking, um, like, thriller, Michael Jackson thriller video vibe in yes. all of his outfits. Like, oh my god, I just want him to moonwalk so much in every episode because he just, he nails that look too. So, it's just, like, the way they did it was so good. And I think the show held up, in my opinion, even without, like, the big names that people are used to, like, that they associate with American Horror Story. Yeah. And I actually recently read an article where Ryan Murphy said that uh, the last couple years, he's actually been reading more people's comments and input about the seasons than he used to. And a lot of people were saying that they felt like the show was stale and that they were bored with it. So he actually really wanted to do something completely different, which is why it doesn't have a lot of connections to other seasons. Yeah. Because he was like, oh, you guys think it's stale? Let me give you something fresh. So I think he really did that by the characters, the actors, the storyline. So, I don't know. I really like the season for sure. Yeah, I mean, it's definitely way out there. Like a It's few... super campy, but it's like... Yeah, and it has to be. Yeah. The first episode's title is Camp Redwood. And it opens with sex and murder, which is, again, super 80s. So, like, they really did nail it, in my opinion. Oh, yeah, for sure. So, I do have a couple things where, like, 
towards the end, there's definitely the one thing that everyone's just like, is this a plot hole? Like, what the fuck, you know? Um, yeah, we can dive into that a little bit. The right Richard quick. Ramirez thing. Yes. But that's more <laughs> towards the finale. So I didn't know if I should go right into that. I was just talking about like the, the questions that I had still yeah. after the show ended. Because I feel okay. like they could have gotten another episode or two out of this. They probably... Originally, it was supposed to have one more. I think this... I think, yeah, ten. This hotel and cult all were shortened by one seat, one episode from what it was originally scheduled for. Oh. So... Okay. I'm not sure what happened or why, but having this go to nine was crazy. And I like that it was the ninth season and it had nine episodes though. Like I I have weird things with like aligning of numbers. So like that was at least cool to me, but I did feel like it was too short. And a lot of people when they're like, oh, is American Horror Story still on? When like I was talking about it, I was like, oh no. And they're like, they ended already. And I was like, yeah, like it was definitely, it was definitely short, but. There was just a couple things like so in the first episode, you kind of are, oh, I absolutely adore the intro like after when they do like the 1970 flashback when they introduce like Xavier and Montana and stuff that like slow-mo of like introducing everyone with like that 80s like um, font. Yeah. It's just, oh, I love it. It's so good. Um, and I just really like that's how they introduce everyone. Yeah, that really like for anybody who is a fan of the 80s. That first little bit should kind of hook you a little bit. It's an aerobics class. The outfits are spot on. It's just, it's so good. Yeah, production design through the roof on this one. Like the, well, you know, the 80s, you think of colorful because it's so, it was such a neon, you know. Um, And that, they do it. It's, so they're in the aerobics class and like we're introduced to them. And then we find out that almost all of them are friends except for Brooke because she's new. And so she meets Montana after flirting with Chet. And Montana's pretty much like, oh, I can introduce you guys. And then, um, so Brooke meets all of Montana's friends. And Xavier's just like, well, I'm going to get away this summer. Like, I'm going to the summer camp. You guys should totally come with me and be a counselor too. Yeah. And that was just kind of bizarre to me because I was just like, is that how that works? Like, can they just come with him? Like, doesn't he have to make a phone call? Like, you know what I mean? And then to jump a little forward, sorry, but they get to the camp and there's literally no other fucking counselors there. Like, that's that bothered me. Like, couldn't there have been, like, one other, like, maybe, you know, and then we're introduced to Trevor, which is someone else. But, like, like, it's not believable. Yeah, there's Margaret, who's the owner, a cook, and an athletic director. And the nurse. And the nurse. But so it's just like, oh, yeah, so he's not even a counselor. He's an athletic. I forgot yeah. about that. So yeah, like, so how how convenient that Xavier's friends all said, oh, sure, for one reason or another, let's go. Yep. Like, I don't know. That was a little questionable for me because it's just like, it's not believable. Like, you could have threw in like one or two other people. They could have got killed off. You had more slashing to do. Like, come on. Yeah. They didn't have to bring in other characters to kill. They could already had counselors there. That's so true. that was one of the things for me that like, kind of took me out of the story. But like, for the most part, I still... Obviously, really liked the season. Oh, so before they um, get to the camp, they stop to get gas. So I jumped a little ahead when they got to the camp, but we're backing up a bit here. Um, I was a little excited because I know it's like typical, almost not even in 80s movies, but in like almost a lot of horror movies. Because I can even think of like um, 
cabin fever and stuff, I'm pretty sure. Like, they, you stop at a, like, questionable gas station or something and, like, the people are creepy and they're yep. just like, you shouldn't go there. You don't belong here. Like, there's always some weird thing. And the gas attendant is um, Patrick Swayze's brother. Yeah, Don. Yeah. So I was like, yes. Like, uh, yeah. I don't even know if people know. Like, they're related. I, I love Patrick Swayze. So I knew immediately. I was like, oh, it's his brother. Like, I was so pumped. I mean, he, he looks so much like Yeah, him. they have the same eyes. Like, um, but I feel like not everyone's like a fangirl over here. <laughs> so. Um, That's true. I'm not. Yeah. <laughs> As I look at the Patrick Swayze pop. So. We do. Yeah. <laughs> but anyway. So I was really excited about, about the fact that it was him. And also like they did that little nod, you know, of the creepy. Because yeah. he does play like this creepy like gas garage Yeah, there's owner. always a, a gas attendant right before yeah. the destination. Like Cabin in the Woods nailed it perfectly. That's what I think. Yeah. Because. I mean, that that movie was, like, the, not spoof of all the horror movies, but it was the, you know, what if it was more based in reality with a little bit of mystical, like, weird stuff? Because I feel like almost, And I he was know. an actor playing the, yeah. the role of the gas attendant in the, in the movie, so it was really yeah. funny. And I feel like it, I was going to say specifically 80s, but I feel like it happens in so many movies. So oh, yeah. It just, you know, it's but it's just, just, it's such a nod to, like, all slasher, and I just, I really liked that. So they had absolutely had to have it and nailed it. So yeah. All right. So yeah, like you said, um, you did jump ahead to them getting the camp because uh, when I went on the overview, it mentioned how Brooke at first wasn't really going to go, yeah. and then she was then attacked by the Night Stalker, Richard Ramirez. So she was just like, "I have to get away from there. Yeah, I need to leave." So then she was like, all right, I'll That's go That's pretty important. Yeah. <laughs> it's a huge thing, because then... And then they also hit the guy on the way to the camp. Like, there's so yeah. much that happens in the first episode. Yeah, they... That's why I was like, when people were watching it and getting bored, I was like, were you were you watching? Yep. Because there was so much stuff happening. Like, very close to the camp, they hit a guy. And he's just like, I don't... And he's, like, freaking out, like, running away from something, but he doesn't remember what. So, um... It turns out that he... So, it's a little weird. I don't want to get too far ahead, but the season has a lot in common with several other seasons. Yeah. In that um, the camp turns out to be another purgatory. Yep. If you They're die at the camp, <laughs> you're stuck at the camp. Yep. So, it was a little weird because they hit this... He ended up being a counselor from the 70s. But they hit him on the road before the camp and were able to bring him back into the camp. So it was a little strange how that happened. But I guess because he was killed by the original killer, his spirit was still tied to the area. And then him being brought back to the camp rebound him to the camp. I think yeah. is how it, how it was written. They like vaguely explain it. I guess they so, kind of go into detail, but not all of the details. But that gets explained in episode two. Yeah. So I'm not jumping too far ahead. So yeah, the camp, they get there, they take the counselor that they hit to the infirmary, or the nurse's office, essentially, and he gets looked at, they lay him down, um, and then it's shown that he's missing an ear, kind of insinuating that he may have been a victim of something, like the killings, but somehow survived, but it was weird, because... We we aren't shown that he comes back from the dead until the next episode. So yeah, once they arrive to the camp, like we're introduced to Margaret, and gosh, she is obsessed with Jesus and 
religion and um so when they get there they're like wait are we the only counselors here she's like well the olympics are happening so not many people applied so that's like their explanation i have a note on that yeah so i had to mention that so yeah like xavier would have been alone (laughs) he'd be the only counselor when he got there so margaret pretty much tells them the rules and she separates them into boys cabin and girls cabin and she's very like she's like i want you guys to be celibate this summer like you have to not sin it's very important that you follow my rules and they're all like what like it's have you ever heard of the sex revolution? And um, she's like, it's filthy. Don't be a sinner. Like, it's just, she plays it so well. Yeah. Like, ugh, it's, um, it's so good. And then so later on, um, the nurse Rita, which is Angelica Ross, and I love her. She's in Pose. I um, was really excited for her addition to the season. Um, so she plays the nurse and they're all around the campfire, her and the kids. Yep. And she starts telling them about Benjamin Richter a.k.a. Mr. Jingles, and how he's a Vietnam War veteran and how he would cut off his enemy's ears to collect them as trophies. And then he was released from the army and the only place that would hire him was Camp Redwood. And in 1970, he killed 10 victims at the camp. And then Margaret comes out and she's like, if you're going to tell a story, you better tell it right. And then it's funny because then she like sees the kids are drinking alcohol and she was like, stop smoking those funny cigarettes. What is that, clove? But they're smoking weed. So that was, like, really funny to me. Um, but she was like, there was only nine victims that night. One survived, and it's me. And she reveals her, like, missing ear, and they're all like, what? So it's a pretty fun, like, and again, it's around a campfire, yeah. and it just has that vibe. Like, it, I really liked that scene. And so she goes into the whole story about what happened and how she almost died, but Jesus saved her, which explains why she's so religious. Yep. And, um, so she talks about how, like, they went to trial and she was a star witness and then he was immediately found guilty and she still couldn't get over it. So she had to buy the camp as a way to finally find peace. And she's like, we're not to talk about this ever again after tonight. Yeah. So then, uh, conveniently there's an escape at the insane asylum and Benjamin Richter, Mr. Jingles, uh, fakes his own death by hanging and then strangles the uh the orderly who comes in to check on the body and then he just is able to escape yeah and like the doctor his doctor pulls up and it's like in such a halloween fashion like yes there's so many halloween vibes there when she pulls up because there's like there's patients just like running around everywhere and she's just like what the fuck and there's a doctor like and he isn't the doctor like he kind of looks like the doctor in halloween a little bit didn't i say that i think that's one of the things i said when we watched yeah it. he looks a little bit yeah it looks a little like loomis so um, it's, um not a lot but it ugh, let me find it just felt like such like it was just such a nice homage to that to those scenes in halloween yeah it's a uh, mitch Pelagi. Okay. He's, he's in a lot of episode of X Files and stuff. And then, of course, in slasher movie <laughs> fashion too, the um guy at the garage, you see him get face stomped, and that is very gruesome. That scene. Yeah. So like, yeah, there's a lot that happens in episode one. Yeah. Because then at, at the end of the episode, um, Brooke finds that the hiker slash the counselor has been murdered by mr jingles but then she so she runs away and then when she goes back to try to find the the body it's gone and they can't find mr jingles either so and then it, and the episode ends with 
Ramirez, like, stalking. Yep. Brooke. Night stalking, literally. <laughs> yeah, stalking at night. Because she hears the payphone ring when she's, like, asleep in their cabin. And she wakes Montana, which Montana pulls a knife. Yeah. And Brooke's like, oh, shit. And Montana's like, um, no, you can do it. Like, she's like, I'm going to bed. <laughs> and so Brooke goes out there, which I think is kind of brave, honestly, for that character after she, she just got attacked. Yeah. But the phone keeps ringing. So I probably would have been like, oh, my God, make it stop. So she gets out there and she answers. And like, literally, no one's like, I guess no one's on the line. I can't You hear keys like... jingling. Okay. And um, um, then you see him. Yep. The Night Stalker stalking. <laughs> and then the episode ends with just the word Satan repeated. Oh, yeah. Like in a weird chanting They do voice. that in a lot of his scenes. Yeah. The Satan, Satan, Satan. Yeah. <laughs> it's kind of funny, though. Yeah. All right. So we'll uh, start getting through. Um, episode two, Mr. Jingles. It. You learn a lot more about the character Mr. Jingles. So the episode, I'm pretty sure it opens with like the, um, what's her name? Dr. Hopple or something like that. Dr. Copel. Yeah, Hopple. Hopple. Um, which is Mr. Jingle's doctor. She's just like, oh shit. Because she finds the paper clipping he had of Margaret in his room. And she's like, I guess I should go warn this lady. So she goes to warn her and Margaret pulls out a gun and she's like, I got this. Like, you can go. But then, of course, the doctor gets a flat tire and gets killed by Mr. Jingle's. Yep. And... I think he's like, um, he was like, you were right. I am a monster. And then he cuts her ear off. And I was like, oh, shit. Like, it's just, I love the gore. Yeah. Like, the gore is so good. So we find out about Brooke and a little bit of her backstory because she tells Montana about her wedding last year. Yeah. And that scene is like, it's fucked up, but it's kind of funny because, so it's at her wedding and it's the 80s. So they're playing Billy Idol's White Wedding. Yep. But it's not a normal wedding because a bunch of people, well, not a bunch of people, three people are killed. Yep. So her groom thinks that she was fucking his best man and he confronts them at the fucking altar and he doesn't believe either of them when they deny it and he shoots him, then shoots Brooke's dad and then he pulls the gun on her and then shoots himself while White Wedding's playing. Yeah. They're so like, it's just, it's such a good scene. Like it's, it's a little funny because of the song, I feel like. Oh, it's yeah. just, you know, there's that, like, a little bit. It's very not white after a moment. Yeah, and he even says, like, you shouldn't you shouldn't be wearing white or something like that. Yeah. So, uh, and, like, you don't really expect that backstory. Like, so I was just like, oh, shit, you know? Um, but that was, that scene is pretty crazy. Uh, after a bit, um, the Night Stalker reappears and starts chasing Brooke, and... The, he runs, uh, in his attempt to chase her down, he runs into the hiker, who Brooke found dead, but then he's alive again, and he's, again, just not really sure what's happening, and he's like, you're not supposed to be here, and Ramirez kills him. That's the first time, right, that he kills him? Yes. He, like, doesn't he disembowel him the first time? Yes. Like, he, he got him. Yeah, he disembowels him. Ugh. So, he's dead, but then... A short while later, he disappears and then is back in Ramirez's face. And he's like, oh, great. What's happening? I just killed you. Yeah. So he kills him a second time. So then Ramirez finds his way to Margaret's office to confront her. And she, like, turns it on him and, like, starts just talking to him like he's supposed to be there or she's Yeah, like, they have this heart-to-heart moment. It's so strange. And he goes, like, a little bit into his backstory about how, like, he had a tragic upbringing and... 
Yeah. They so. like bond over that. It's pretty wild. <laughs> yeah, so she's like not sure what's going on with the counselor because she's like, that sounds familiar, but I don't know what's going on. So then she essentially tasks him with protecting the camp from Mr. Jingles because all the kids are running around from that too. Yeah. So he's like, okay, I'll do that. And like, I don't know why she's so, like, he's so willing to do that, but it's really kind of funny. Yeah, I think, like, it's just because they bonded in that, like, weird moment. Because since she has such a way with words, I guess. Yep. Or, like, he was vulnerable, I feel like, too. Because he was just like, what the fuck? I killed this guy twice. Yeah, he's like, <laughs> this, he's the only one I had to kill more than once. Yeah. And then, like, so then you see, like, all the teenagers, they run to Xavier's van because they're trying to, like, make a break for it. And um, they almost hit Rita, the nurse. And she was like, Jingles is locked in, like, my infirmary. We have to, like, get out of here. But then nobody has their car keys and the van's like totaled yeah and because they, then... they start yeah they crash it and then somebody has the bright idea of splitting up in typical horror movie fashion <laughs> and um so it's chet rita ray and brooke and then xavier montana and chubber like i just really like the, how that like real quick the ending of the episode so like those like the two teams i'll say split up in yeah. separate cabins or like the infirmary and cabin like there's knocking on both the yeah, doors like, and you just see it simultaneously yeah, and it's just so cool how that how they did that like it was really neat because there are two serial killers on the loose yeah for now it was just i really liked how they did that um and before that margaret finds jonas and he actually remembers her and she's like, what year do you think this is? And he's like, oh, 1970. <laughs> and she's just like, oh. So, like, we're just like, okay, he's a ghost with amnesia at this point. Yeah. So, so then you're immediately like, okay, it's purgatory again. So, yeah. Like, that was one of the first parts um, watching this that I was like, oh, that again. Yeah. Good. So not full on connections, but like little subtle, like, yeah. connections almost. Um, but then we find out, like, he flees the massacre in 1970 and he's hit by a truck and then murdered. So that explains his death. Yeah, why he's constantly on the road getting hit by vehicles, apparently. Yep. Poor Jonas. And then the, the episode ends with that simultaneous uh, the banging, door yeah. banging, which is really... I really like that for an ending of the episode. Yeah, it was very suspenseful. Very cliffhangery. Yeah. Um. So, but because this is a podcast, there's no cliffhanger. We'll go right into it. <laughs> um, the group that Rita is with are trying to get her car keys... And the Night Stalker is after those four. And he's, like, breaking in the windows, and they're doing their best to block it off. And and then Ray is like, ah, oh, survival of the fittest. And he tries to make a run for it, yeah, but then the Night Stalker gets in. Yeah, all four, if all four of us run in different directions, you know, three of us will survive. Yep. And he's like, I'm definitely faster than two of you. So he goes to, like, run out the one door he thinks is safe, and the Night Stalker goes in. And starts cutting him up. Yeah, he's getting attacked, but then Chet comes and saves yeah, him. Yeah, the other three start to run away, but then Chet turns around and saves him. Yeah. Um. So then the two pairs start running off, and then suddenly Chet and Ray fall into a hole. Like, a terrifying hole, which is full of sharp spikes. Yep, one of the, I think he called, it's one of the pits that the Vietnamese used in... The war. Yeah, I forget what he said it was called. It's just, a, I think he said jungle pit. Um, it may be something more like... So Ray somehow named. landed in there with like not getting impaled or stabbed, but Chet... Oof, right ugh, through the shoulder. Yes, so. it is gross. <laughs> 
And then meanwhile, Xavier, Montana, and Trevor are being terrorized that we find out by fake Mr. Jingles. Yep. People, like, these are just, like, teenagers who are pranking them, which is so fucked up. Like, yeah, there we oh go. Every gosh. year, every year, people do this. And now that there are people here. But it's here, weird, because how is it every we- year? Well, he said that every year they do stuff at, like, stores and stuff in town. Oh, oh, But oh. then they heard that they were going to reopen, so they went to the camp. I guess I wasn't that intrigued by him talking. It was kind of weird. And, but then it's really cool, but, because then the real Mr. Jingles comes and kills them. Yeah. Because he's just like, oh, you want to make fun of me? He's like, what is this? Fuck y'all. <laughs> stab, stab, stab. Ear cut. Yeah. Um, so then those three um, escape. And then Jingles, I think a couple scenes later, he stumbles upon another fake Jingles. Yeah, that got like yeah, stranded from the group. I think he had to go use the bathroom or something. And Mr. Jingles feels so bad for this. Like, what What would you even consider this person? Like, um, he was, he's like an outcast. Like, he, yes, he I was, couldn't think of the right word. Thank you. I knew you would now. Yeah, he was like, um. Yeah, I know your your you know my mom paid you guys to take me with you, but because he still has his mask on, so he thinks he's looking at one of his friends. Yeah, he makes the point Mr. that he Jingles. can't see without his glasses, very yeah. drama style. Um, um, so Mr. Jingles feels bad for him and doesn't kill him, and I was like, oh, like, and I don't know if he feels bad just sympathetically or if like he sees himself in him or whatever. But like, I was surprised by that. It was yeah. Well, I, we definitely find out later that. It's because he reminded him so much of himself before he became what he became. Yeah. So he's like, oh, I'm not going to do anything to you. Um. So then Nurse Rita gets her keys and pretty much Brooke's like, all right, we got to leave and get help. And Rita's like, oh, here's my keys. And then she stabs her with a needle. She stabs Brooke with a needle and shoots her up with something. Yeah, horse strangulizer. So then we see that. A week ago, Rita had went to visit Jingles um, because she's a serial killer expert and she's been studying him and she really wanted to interview him. And her real name is Donna Chambers. Yes. She, she's not really Rita the nurse. She is not a nurse. But she does have a PhD. Yeah. She's a doctor, just not one of those do- doctors. Yeah. Um, so they're like, okay, but he's probably not going to talk to you because he doesn't really talk to anyone else. Yeah, again, like no one can get through to him. Yeah. Very, again, very Michael Myers yep. style. So she's in there, he's shackled up, and they start a tape recorder, but then they leave the other, like, the doctors and stuff leave the room, and she stops the tape recorder, and they talk. And, like, he actually talks to her, and I think it's a sweet moment. Like, I really liked that they did that. Um, yeah, because she just thinks that it wasn't his fault, it was society creating monsters like you. Yeah, so. sending them to war and then expecting them to come home okay. Yep. Um, and he's like, wow, like, this is the first time I feel like I'm being seen for the first time in 14 years. And I'm just like, oh, like, feeling bad for this serial yeah. killer, like usual. Yes, yes. In typical style. Jessica fashion. Absolutely. <laughs> um, and then she reveals she has an escape plan for him. So she's the reason he escaped. Yeah, she, yeah. And this is just the epi- season. This is just episode two. Three. Three? Three. This is just episode three. But still, it's still pretty early on. Yeah. So it's just like, damn, like, they just keep hitting you with the stuff. Yeah, because it's like, wait. So she's in on... Because, you know, I feel like they usually wait a couple more episodes for twists. So it was just, like, there's so many, like, little things that happen that are just, like, whoa, oh, along and, the way. And the twists aren't done in this episode yet. No. So. Oh, my gosh. So I had to make a point, though. Yeah. I don't know what you were going to bring up, no, but real quick. So in the beginning of this episode, how we mentioned how Chet comes back to save Ray. Well, Chet passes out while they're in the hole. Ray confesses to accidentally murdering someone. 
But then Chet actually heard him. So Ray gets all pissed off, crawls out of the hole and abandons Chet, even though Chet had just saved him. Yeah, just like, runs what away. a dick move, dude. Yeah, Ray is like constant coward. Yeah. Oh, man. So I had to just make a note of that because I was like, really, Ray? <laughs> Not yet. Absolutely. So they kind of reveal Donna slash Rita's backstory about how she also intercepted the real Rita and kept her from going to the camp. Uh, well, Rita is at the camp, but something happens to her and doodly-doo. Um, so then Trevor and Xavier find Chet and are able to rescue him, but he's pretty bad off. Then Trevor sees who he believes is Mr. Jangles and pushes him into the pit and kills him. And that is unfortunately the guy who Mr. Jangles felt bad for. Yeah. So they're like, oh, that's not who that was. That's yeah. another one of their friends. We killed an innocent man. Poor Xavier. Yeah. He's not having that relaxing summer that he wanted. No. <laughs> um, and then Montana and Ray are approached by Ramirez. Ray, again, runs away on Trevor's motorcycle, but then he is murdered. He is decapi- He's murdered. He's decapitated. He's like, decapitated. Woo! And it is hilarious. Is that is that how the episode ended? No. Because oh. then the last scene is Montana and Ramirez. You think oh. that he's about to kill her. Yes. And they kiss and she asks the question of why haven't you killed her yet? Yes. I can't believe I forgot that was that episode. Oh, uh, it's so good. It is. It That's really a great is. ending of another uh I love episode. it. So the next episode begins where you're just finding out the backstory of those two. Um, and it was very similar to um, Evan Peters' character in Cult, Kai, and Billy Eichner's character, who I can't remember his name. Brock? No. Something. Um, where she's Harrison. Harrison, yeah. He plays Brock in Apocalypse. Yep, there it is. <laughs> I was like, I knew there was a problem. One of his characters. <laughs> uh, so he, it's Harrison and Kai's sort of relationship where, like, Montana's working at an aerobics class and somebody is messing with her in some way. Like, I think it's a guy who's... Yeah, somebody's just being a smart ass. Like, yeah, just trying to, like, not take advantage of her, but, like, just being really rude and yeah. a jerk. And, like, a cat who finds a bird and brings it to your doorstep... He kills the guy and leaves it in the locker room for her to find. Yeah. It's like, like, I did this for you. It's like, here, I brought you this gift. Yeah. And she immediately is like, I like you. Yeah. Like, she just gets that, like, flicker of joy in her eye. And she's like, ooh. Yeah. So it's then revealed that uh, the best man at Brooke's wedding was Montana's brother. Yep. So it's just like all these, like, crazy... Like, things get dropped in, and you're just like, oh, shit. So, she decided to have Ramirez kill Brooke. Yep. That's the she that they were talking about. So then, cut back to now, uh, Xavier is trying to find Birdie, and they go to the cafeteria. Well, he goes to the cafeteria alone, finds her. She's just making sandwiches, and he's like, Mr. Jingles is back. We need to not be in this place. So... Uh, Mr. Jingles comes in, and uh, Xavier tries to hide, but he's found out, and Mr. Jingles throws him into an oven and turns it on. Yeah. Poor Xavier. (laughs) Luckily for him, uh, Bertie, who had already been 
pretty severely injured, is able to turn it off and open the door because uh, there was something jammed, like a big metal spoon. Yeah, uh, the, those scenes are intense. Oh, like, yeah. cause she's sitting there and she's like, "Do you want me to make you a sandwich when he first comes in?" And you're just like, "Okay, when's ever gonna everyone yeah, gonna die?" Had Xavier not actually been there, she probably would have been fine. Yeah. Oh yeah. But then he. And you saw know what? Him, like, so. why I keep saying poor Xavier? Cause like he earlier on was just like, I'm so sorry that I brought you guys here. Like, I didn't think that this was going to turn out this way. Yeah. And, like, he wants to save these people, so that's why he's going to Chef Birdie. Like, and then he ultimately keeps getting people killed. Yeah. So it's just like, oh, damn. Because, like, there's a little scene earlier on, too, where this guy comes to visit him, and pretty much that guy gets killed, too. So it's just like, damn, Xavier, you're like a death magnet. Yeah, it's real bad. Which is crazy, because Brooke says she pretty much is, too. But yeah. it's like, damn, Xavier is, too. <laughs> it's, it's, they all are, honestly. And his face looks so gross when he gets oh, up. And, and he wants to be an actor, so he's just fucking pissed. Yeah, he's like, this is this is me now. I have, I'm have i so mad. Um, so then Birdie uh, is, like, dying, but Xavier has to take care of that. Uh, Brooke gets caught into a trap set by Donna, at least it's saying by Donna, um, where it's just like a big net. So then Ramirez finds her, but then also Richter finds her, and those two start fighting. Yeah. It's like one of the- crazy. Uh, the two serial killers fighting. It's, it's really good. Ah, it was so, so good. Cool. <laughs> um... So while they're fighting, Brooke is able to escape. Uh, Ramirez is killed by Richter. So then Richter, Mr. Jingles, goes to get Margaret. And she reveals that she's the one who committed all the murders. Yep. In 1970. And you're just like, what the actual She fuck? cut off her own ear and then framed him for it. And it's crazy because they show that like he was actually really sweet to her. And she took advantage of his kindness and just fucking used it against him. Yeah, it's insane. Like, she is nuts. She goes to so many lengths to just pin it on him constantly. Yeah, so after he got blamed for the murders, he was put through, like, electroshock therapy and all this stuff, trying to cure him of, from being a crazy killer, to where he believed he was that killer. Uh, so then Margaret shoots him, leaves him for dead. Uh, Trevor uh, arrives after hearing the gunshots and Margaret shoots Trevor because she's like, oh crap, it's somebody else. I'm going to kill you too. So then Xavier, after like escaping a wounded Richter, um, is found by Brooke and they meet back up with Chet, Montana, and Margaret. Um, and they're all like, yeah, Margaret says that Richter killed Trevor. Uh, then they cut over to Donna slash Rita and they see Ramirez being brought back to life by the devil. Yeah. And that's how that episode ends. And so every episode is like huge cliffhanger, huge story point. And you're yeah. just like, I need more of this. Absolutely. Next episode goes more into Donna's uh, history. It cuts to four years ago where something awesome and crazy and terrible happens. Uh the fact that I forget the actor's name, I have to look it up real quick. But it's her dad. Yeah, it's her dad, played by. Damn it. Yeah, talking about intense scenes. That shit is crazy. Yeah, it's played by Tim Russ, who 
is in one of the Star Trek shows. So it's always weird to see people from like these big sci-fi shows and stuff like Mitch Pelegi who's the like assistant doctor and then this guy from Star Trek. Uh, so he is a serial killer. So they go into his past and Donna finding out about that. Yeah, that's that. Whew. Oh, so intense. So she that's what kind of kicks her off into like good... she needs to know yeah. what makes serial killers kill. It's not just you you're not born this way, something has to happen and I need to prove that so I know that not my father wasn't always like that. Yeah. So the group of the the group that was remaining at the end, they're all freaking out. Uh, Margaret suggests trying to take the boat across the water to another thing, like another resort or something. I don't know exactly what's across the the lake, but she says that, you know, we should do that. And she has Chet go with him or go with her. But when they get out to the middle of the lake, she tells Chet everything. And then because he's in such a weakened state because of his shoulder... Ties an anchor to his leg and throws him overboard. Yeah, like, holy oh my shit. God. <laughs> um, it's insane. Yep. So then Donna finds Xavier and Montana and then admits to being the one to help free Richter. And Xavier freaks out. So, she, so Donna has to run away from him. Uh, then she runs into Richter, asking him to kill her to ease her guilt. But he refuses. Uh, because he now knows this isn't actually me. I shouldn't be doing this. This is what they made me. You were right. So then Richter tracks Margaret down, trying to get her. Xavier shows up, kills Richter. But then Margaret kills Xavier. Ramirez shows up and has Satan revive Richter. So then both of them are like the Satan brothers. Brooke encounters Ray who, yes, is dead, but now he's not, because that's how this place works. And he literally says, like, I feel foggy. I don't remember anything after leaving on the motorcycle, so. Yeah. You're just like, uh-oh. It's like, I remember leaving, but I don't remember what happened, so I must have gotten knocked out. Something happened. And then one thing leads to another. So, <laughs> I think this is a good place for you to bring up your seven layers, or nine layers of hell. Nine circles. Nine circles of layers. Nine circle cakes of layer cakes. <laughs> Parfaits have layers. Um, Ogres have layers. So the last two seasons weren't filled out when Ryan Murphy tweeted this, because I think it was a couple years that he tweeted it. Yep. Um, so I thought that Apocalypse made sense for violence, but there is a lot of violence this season. So, yeah. I mean, it really could, but I feel like there's a lot of lust this season, too. It's the 80s. There's a lot of sex. Yeah. Um, so I don't know. I feel like I feel like it could be lust, but it could be violence. Yeah. So I wonder if we'll ever speak on that. It's hard to say. But yeah, the, those were the last two, lust and violence. Yeah. So I definitely think it could be lust. Yeah, so you I never would, know, because there's I, a lot of gore. Yeah, I would say it's more lust, because the end of the world is probably more violent than a camp. But there was, like, the sex and stuff in there, too, and a lot of people were kind of... Yeah. There's a lot of sexual tension, the rubber man, all that stuff, so, I mean, it's... That's true. It's kind of up in the air. Like, the more I think about it, the more I'm just like... And then, like, I looked what people were thinking online, too, yeah. and it's definitely mixed, but... I don't know. It, it definitely could be either or, but I think I'd stick with violence as apocalypse and lust for this season, yeah. but... I mean, in the first in the first episode, right when Trevor comes in, 
He's literally famous for having a big cock. Like, you know what I mean? And then, like, him and Montana pretty much go and have sex in the lake or try to. And, like, Xavier's done porn. Yeah. So, so. I mean, and then, so that's brought up because Ray and Brooke, in this moment, eventually end up in the mess hall and they have sex. Yep. Which is uh, Brooke's first time. Oh, so then Brooke can have an Antichrist baby now because she fucked a ghost. Yeah, she could. Yeah. Uh, I don't think she did. She never did. We see her in the future, but damn. Missed (laughs) opportunity, guys. We know that she didn't (laughs) because... Yeah. Spoilers. We'll get there. Um, At the end of this episode, we find out what happens. But yeah. Uh, So, but then she goes to the fridge, I guess, to get something to drink after that. And for some reason, Ray's head is in there. Yeah. I guess Mr. Jingles wanted to save it for later. Or Margaret. A a light snack. Um, Wouldn't it be Margaret? Uh, maybe. It's hard to say. It really is hard to say, but yeah, um... And then she freaks the fuck out. I mean, who wouldn't? Especially that you were a virgin and that was your first time and then you see the person you just fucks head in the fridge. Like, holy fuck. She has some traumatic experiences. Yeah. Damn. So, episode comes to a close as she runs back to Montana for help because she's like, I just had sex with a dead man. Help. And... Montana attacks her and then admits to hiring Ramirez and then they fight and then kids arrive at the camp to watch Brooke get the upper hand on Montana and stab her to death. Yeah, poor Montana. Brooke is then arrested and Margaret says, oh yeah, she did all this. This is all her. Because then... Such a godly woman. And Ramirez and Richter steal a police car and go off on their Satan brothers adventure. They have, like, yeah. They it's, have a whole adventure, it seems. Like, it's so fucking funny. Oh. Super campy. So that's how that episode ends. So it's just like, oh, okay. Brooke is now arrested. And then one of the last things that we see also is uh, Ray in the van. Or not van. The ambulance being looked at. And she's like, you're not well. You should go come with us. And the ambulance goes to take him out, and as it drives under the sign for Camp Redwood, he's seen just standing there looking at it drive away. And then Jonas appears. Yeah. And he's just like, this is our home now. Yeah. just like, oh. Because then I think Montana also shows back up. It's like, yep. Yeah, no, because she kills somebody. Remember, she kills the cop. Yeah, she kills the cop. She shoots the cop because she's like, I'm going to do whatever the fuck I want if I'm stuck here. Yeah. And Ray's like, come on. And then the episode ends with um, Ramirez and Richter on their joyride. Yep. Which is another kind of horror movie. It Pay is. Candy cane. <laughs> candy cane. Perfect for Christmas time. Ew. <laughs> that's that's the real horror story. True. Um, um, so then, episode six is episode 100 of American Horror Story. So, you know, you go into this episode thinking, wow, cool, celebration. Because I made such a big deal posting about it. And then... I feel like this episode wasn't as, like, action-packed as some of the other episodes. They definitely didn't have as much Like, it was a good episode, don't get me wrong, but for episode 100... Like, for episode 6 of the season, it did everything it needed to do. It was great. For episode 100 of a series, it was definitely a little lackluster. It didn't have as much punch as a lot of episode 100s usually do. But... Overall, it was still a good episode. We cut to a year later. So now it's 1985. The series has to change its name. But it doesn't. <laughs> After the all the events, uh, Richter and Ramirez are still on their little adventure. But Richter is starting to 
kind of regret everything. So he kind of sells out Ramirez by letting all the locals know about his presence. And then they they see him coming out of a store. Yeah, because Richter's, like, kind of tired. He's just like, you kill so many people. Like, I just don't want to do this. Yeah, this isn't my thing. I didn't actually want to do this. And Ramirez's like, well, dude, like, you kind of <laughs> made a deal. Yeah. So, like, you kind of have to. You made a literal deal with a literal devil. So Richter's like, all right, all right, I'll just rat you out. <laughs> yeah. So a bunch of locals chase him down and beat the crap out of him. And he's arrested. Cut to four more years later. So 1989. Yeah. But still in the 80s, so it's okay. Uh, the ghosts of Montana and Xavier, obviously still trapped in the purgatory on the campgrounds, kill anybody who trespasses. And this poor dude just trying to birdwatch. Like, oh, yeah, the photographer guy, right? Yeah. He's mm-hmm. just hanging out, taking pictures, and they're like, oh, hey, what's up? We're going to kill you now. And he's like, oh, man, I'm dead now. Because anybody who gets killed is now stuck there. And then, like, so what? I think it's probably, like, a couple scenes later, but, like, Ray confronts uh, Montana again over the murder sprees. And oh, what does he say? Ah, uh, oof. Because then, like, he's just like, you can't keep pill- killing people or something like that. And Xavier and Montana are like, duh, yes, we can. Like, and it's just so fucking funny. Yeah, we can. They're just like, we don't know. We definitely can. Duh. Like, just shut up. And it's just, I don't know. It's just such a, like, comical scene in mind. It's like, there's no rules here. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. Ray and the other counselors from the seventies are just like, "This is awful. Stop doing this." Yeah. Meanwhile, Margaret has become a rich real estate mogul by taking over other sites that were former places of murder, like Briarcliff Manor, including Asylum Location Briarcliff Manor. The only like other than Ramirez who was in Hotel, but it was a different version. I and assume. a different actor. <laughs> Very different actor. The only other real tie-in to other seasons. Like, they had a little bit of other stuff, but that was the big thing. Is like, oh, they mentioned a place. So that place exists in this. So she goes to there, goes to the places and, like, renovates them and makes them up, like, gets them up and running again. I don't know exactly what she does with it. And them. she's married to Trevor. She is married to Which, Trevor. Which, to me, was a twist, because I was like, he hates her, but then we find out that it was, like, a big blackmail. Like, yeah. they were trying to blackmail each other, and he got stuck into the shitty marriage with her. Yep, so he just deals with it, uh, takes all of her money, does a lot of coke. And one of the biggest reasons Margaret, I think, um, marries him is so he won't try to testify against her. Yep. So... And then at this point, I think we learn that Brooke is set to be executed, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, we find out that Brooke is in maximum security and she's about to get, like, she's on death row. So is Ramirez, who's in the same facility, as I guess Ramirez and Richter didn't go too far. We then find out that uh, Margaret decides that Camp Redwood is going to be her next big project. Yep. So she's like, I'm going to redo it again. She decides to buy that. And I guess the ghosts somehow find out. And so they're just like, when she comes here, we're going to kill her. Yeah. Um, then you cut to Richter in Alaska, going by the name of Donald. Uh, he's now living a quiet life with his new wife and son. And then he hears about um, Camp Redwood getting reopened for an event. And he's like, I, I can't, I can't deal with that. 
I don't I don't want to I don't want to know that. Just leave me alone. He then goes home to find that um, his wife has been killed because Ramirez was able to escape thanks to Satan again. So he's like, all right, fine. I will give my son to my sister-in-law and I'm going to go kill Ramirez. Yeah. Who is inevitably going to be at Camp Redwood. Not sure why he assumes that. But that's where he goes to. Everyone's going to Camp Redwood. And before that, um, Ramirez appears to Brooke and tries to get her to sell her soul to Satan. And she's just like, um, hell no. Yeah. And then, so, I just wanted to add that in there because I thought that was kind of funny. Because you, oh, yeah. you know that she's such a pure character, even though after all she's been through. She's just like, no, no, thank you. <laughs> nope, nope. I'll just die for no reason. Yeah. So then, Brooke is then executed. But is she? We, we immediately find out, no. There's no real suspense on that one. She was given something that you can give to people to make them seem dead. Yeah. By Donna, who was posing as the executioner, and that's how that episode ends. So again, pretty good episode for the series, or for the season, but for the 100th episode, eh. Yeah, like, it was definitely an overall good episode, but, like, I just thought that we were going to get a little more because it was the 100th episode and they kept posting about it, but... So, for, like, the purposes of uh, the ranking... Eh, look at it as just part of the season and not part of the series. Yeah, definitely. And then the next episode is called The Lady in White. Lady in White. Yes. So we cut back to 1948. The camp is called something else. Camp Golden Star. Camp Golden Star. Thank you for taking notes or looking at the other thing that I'm not looking at. Yeah. Um, Because it's, well, it's about Lily Rabe's character. So, of course, you know. (laughs) I love Lily Rabe. Yeah, we find And she plays Lavinia. Yeah, we hear about Lavinia, who I mentioned at the beginning. Yeah. Who is Richter's mother. She works as a chef at the camp. So her sons, Benjamin Richter and Bobby Richter, can have a fun summer. Yep. And it opens, right, with them, like, Bobby, or, yeah, Bobby wants to go swimming, doesn't he? Yeah, Bobby wants to go swimming, and Benji's just like, I... I don't want to go swimming, but I guess I'll. I have to go with you. Yeah, she makes. She together. kind of like tasks him with watching him and to go with him. But then Benji gets distracted by a couple counselors that are about to have sex, and then you hear screaming from the lake because Bobby went swimming without supervision, and a boat, a motorboat, went out and. He got under the boat and diced up by the propeller. Yeah, that's so fucked Oof. up. Oh my gosh. Yeah. But see, that's why like, I feel like this could be violence too. Because there is yeah. a lot of gruesome death. A lot of murder. Yeah. Like, I would almost say this is probably one of the ones with the most murder. I mean... It's hard to cipher this show. There was one called Murder House, though. That's yeah, crazy. that's what I'm saying, though. Like, it could be in the <laughs> top, like, five. <laughs> so. Sure. I don't know, though. Like, I feel like we could just call this American Murder Story. My gosh. Truly. Yeah. Um, But yeah, so then Lavinia pretty much blames everyone, including Benjamin, for Bobby's death. Yep. So then we get back to the present, which is 89. So it's their present. Uh, Richter gets back to Camp Redwood and is immediately jumped by all the ghosts. They're like, this is mostly your fault. Yeah, you may have not been the original killer. But because you came back, look at us. We're all stuck here. So then they, he kind of was like, well, no, I'm here to, I'm going to do good by you. I'm going to take care of Richter. I'm going to kill Margaret. I'm going to, I'm going to end this. 
Who said that? Richter. Richter's going to kill Richter? You just said that. I meant to say Ramirez. Richter is going to kill Ramirez. Sorry. Um, No, that's fine. (laughs) Call me out on that. Somebody has to. They can't yet. Yeah. So then they're like, all right, well, we can't really do much of anything because there's this woman in white who is terrorizing us, the ghosts, which is awful. Yeah. So Richter's like, I think I know who that is. That is my mother. So Xavier takes him to the cabin that she kind of hovers around. Uh, Richter goes in, talks to her. Lavinia reveals that it was her that kind of manipulated Margaret's brain back in 1970 to want to commit those murders. And don't forget that after Bobby dies, she snaps with rage one night and kills all of the staff. Because she's so pissed at them. And then um, she chases Benjamin with a knife and she grabs him and he stabs her out of defense. Yep. So, like, he just had such a horrible childhood. So then there's that's when that sympathy for his character comes in. And I feel like, again, like I said earlier, like John Carroll Lynch really does bring so much to these serial killer like he brings he gets. Yeah, such a bit of humanity yeah he really does like and i mean it's the writing too but he just he acts it so beautifully like he just does such a wonderful job and he taps into all those emotions and the vulnerability and all that and it's just but then when he needs to be like scary and murderous he does it so well too so just really i don't know i love that but you feel really bad for him yeah because you're just like, oh my god, your mom tried to kill you. She blamed you for your brother's death, and now you had to kill her in defense. Like, holy shit, dude. Yep. No wonder why. <laughs> yeah, so so this was, like, part of her ultimate revenge. Since she couldn't kill him, she decided to kill everything he loved through her, through Margaret. Yeah, it's... Um, so then... And this is definitely very Friday the 13th with the mom. Yep, the mom the... being, like, the original killer and all yep. that stuff. So and even oh. just, like, the lake and... oh. Yeah, it's all so good. Yeah. Meanwhile, Donna and Brooke are, like, out on the lam trying to figure out their life. But, obviously, things are going kind of poorly. Um, I don't know if you have in your notes about when they meet the reporter. Or if it's... Is that fairly early on? Or is that next episode? Um... That's next episode. Well, I was going to just say that. I know Brooke is, like, questioning Donna, like, should I trust you? Like, after mm-hmm. all we've been through. And then she's like, I really want to just go to Redwood and watch Margaret die. And um, they're introduced to this man named Bruce. Yep. Yeah, it's... Who yeah. asks for a ride to his girlfriend's place. And Donna refuses, so they leave. And when Donna tries to start a car, the engine is, like, kind of fucked up. And then Bruce comes out. And mind you, this is played by Dylan Dylan McDermott. Yep. So it was just kind of random to see him. And, like, I still feel like this character was so random. Like, I don't actually... It was... It, like, he didn't really need to be here. It was sort of a throwaway character, but... Yeah. It was and like, well placed yeah, at the same time. But I almost feel like at the same time, like... The character he plays is more 70s than late 80s. So that was also what was throwing me off. Like... But yeah, like, it was just a little random for me. Like, he does a good job at the role, Dylan does, but I don't know. So, um, Bruce emerges and he's just like, oh, let me help you ladies with your car, even though clearly he's the one who fucked it up. (laughs) And, um, Donna's like, oh, you helped us, let me give you a ride. But then they find out that he's kind of crazy. Yeah, so during the ride, he starts giving off these weird vibes, so they stop. They're like, you know what? I think we're gonna ask you to get out. And then a police officer pulls up behind them to check on them. 
And as he's going to check on them, Bruce kills the cop and, like, gets out and is, like, beating the crap out of him and then shoots him. Yeah, so Donna drives away. She's able to, and then Bruce shoots the cop again and takes his car. Yep. Um, and it just, it just feels so random, like, when there's so much other stuff trying to, like, you know, get pieced together. Yeah. It's like, who is this new character? Why? Yeah, so then, um, they, he chases them down and is about to kill them. Like, he hits their car. Yeah, they're at a stoplight and he rear-ends them pretty hard. Yeah, so then they're both knocked out. Uh, then they wake up. Brooke is in the driver's seat of the truck and Donna is tied to the back, like her hands are bound to a rope, which is attached to the back of the truck. And he has a shotgun that's it, and he's like, either you put it in drive and hit the gas, or I shoot you. Either way, you're both going to die. Well, I think he would let her, he would let Brooke live if, if Brooke kills. That's what he said, yeah. Um, either way, she's going to die. And then Brooke is actually pretty clever. Like, Throws the truck in reverse. Yeah. Slams on the gas. Goes over Donna. Thankfully uh, for her, Bruce decided to do this with the truck and not the car, which would have a lower clearance and probably would have just run her over. Yeah. <clears throat> so then that disorients him enough to where she's able to, uh, you know, get him like disarmed and kind of knocks him out. I don't know if she shoots him at all. I don't think so. I think they just knock him out. They, um... And I know they cut off both, of his, both well, of his thumbs. Well, that's not until after they knock him out. They, oh. They're able to knock him out and get him tied up to a the telephone pole. Yeah. And they cut off both of his thumbs so he can't hitchhike anymore. Yeah. Which is hilarious. It really is. Um, but yeah, I don't know. It almost just feels like filler. It, it really was. So then they leave him on the side of the road with his... No more thumbs. Uh, and then we go back to Camp Redwood, where Margaret and Trevor are showing up. So Can't forget Courtney. Remember? Uh, what's that guy's name? <laughs> Leslie Jordan. Yes! We can't forget about him. True. But he also doesn't show up till now, either. Well, now he was in the other episode. Was he? Yeah. You just oh, didn't right. mention him. Because you forgot about him. Uh, they forgot about Dre. You forgot about Leslie. <laughs> wow leaving that in absolutely i'm clever um but yeah they're trying to slow up for the music festival jared's dying over here oh my god um Ugh. so trevor notices montana's ghost and he's pretty surprised to see her and um Mon- montana's like he's just like how are you here and she's like well i'm dead and then they start making out yep so they're like making out and then um, later that night, Courtney walks into the tour bus that has arrived and it's Kajagugu, which is an actual band from the 80s. So that was pretty cool. They have all been murdered. So you're just like, oh shit. Um, and then we're kind of back at Richter where he's sitting on the dock and Lavinia approaches him. And, um, we find out earlier in the episode, like she just, she never could let go that they lost Bobby because they never saw his spirit after he died. Yeah. And she always wanted him to try to find him and they just couldn't. So Lavinia's like, you have to leave. Like, he doesn't deserve to grieve for his brother because it's his fault, blah, blah, blah. And um, he's like, well, I named my son after him. I do miss him. And she was like, you should just kill yourself. (laughs) 
And it's just really fucked up. Because it's yeah. just like, gosh, she just, she really wants to blame everyone. It's really sad. So Ramirez comes to collect Richter for Satan. And Lavinia disappears in that moment. And Richter ponders like, okay, what should I do in this moment? And then he plunges a knife into his abdomen. And then his ghost version of himself pulls the knife out of his body and he leaves the dock. Yep. So I guess he took his mom's advice because he's just like, Satan or death. <laughs> yeah, he realizes that like if Ramirez is the one that kills him, Satan's going to have his soul. Yeah. And he's so, just like, fuck that. If he does it himself while in the camp, his spirit will be bound to the camp rather than Satan. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, the that episode ends with them just walking away from the dock. So the next episode, shortly before Halloween, Bruce recovers somehow uh, and drives to Camp Redwood, and he jumps in between Ramirez and Rector's fight uh, because he's just this idiot with no thumbs who's like, I'm going to be an awesome killer, too. So Ramirez uh, en- decides to enlist him to help eliminate Rector, but then they find out that Rector is already dead and can't be re-killed. Meanwhile, uh, Donna and Brooke are approached by Stacy Phillips, a tabloid writer who knows who they really are and wants the inside scoop, so she demands to be taken to Camp Redwood so she can get the full story of what actually happened. And I do have to say, real quick, because I really liked this part, um, right before the nosy-ass reporter Stacy comes in, Donna's telling um, Brooke... She's like, you or Margaret are going to end up being the final girl of the story. And Brooke's like, final girl? Like, she doesn't know. And, like, that's just, like, a big thing in horror movies. Like, there's usually, like, a final girl, final character. Um, so, and then, like, the last episode, the finale is called Final Girl. So I just, I really like how they did that. Yep. Um, yeah, it's where they first So this is episode concept. eight, but I just like that it's, like, a callback to that in a way. Or, like, a foreshadowing, really, yep. I guess. Um, but then nosy-ass Stacy... Mm-mm-mm. Yeah, so Brooke promises to reveal everything to Stacy, but she has every intention of killing her. But Donna stops her from doing that and just convinces her to focus on Margaret. Just make yeah. sure you take care of that. Uh, so after Stacy's almost killed, but not, she runs away. But then Bruce and Ramirez find her and kill her. Um... Margaret reveals to Bruce and Ramirez her plan to murder the rest of the bands. So, but obviously Ramirez is like, except for Billy Idol. You're not killing Billy Idol. Uh, But that's like the big thing she wants to do is to kill those bands. That way they'll be stuck at the camp and then it's like a permanent show for all eternity. Yeah, it's so fucking bizarre. Insane. Yeah. That's what Margaret is. Um... Trevor declares that uh, he loves Montana, and he's going to kill himself to join her, but she, but uh, Montana's like, no, don't do that. Get away from me. Stay away. Uh, So she tells him about her relationship with Ramirez and all the stuff that happened with that. The old counselors from 1970 decide that, you know what, we're done. We're not going to wait for you to do this, and they kind of tie up Richter. And they decide to not let him escape to kill Ramirez. But before they actually get to do anything to Richter, Bobby's ghost slash swamp version monster comes up out of nowhere and drags him into the lake. Yeah, it's 
Pretty crazy. Uh, and then the episode ends with actual Bobby's ghost and adult Benji and Lavinia all at the lakeside hanging out and they're finally reunited. Um, but yeah, like, and then Lavinia is like setting up a picnic and it's just actually like a little sweet moment. Um, she feels like grateful that Benji actually returned Bobby back to her and, um, Bobby is just like, will you stay and play with me? And it's just really, it's a sweet ending for an American Horror Story episode. Like, yeah. um, so yeah, I really, I liked how they did that. And it feels like, I don't know, it reminds me of a lot of different movies. So it was really cool how they did that. Yep. And then Final Girl, the last episode. So then 30 years later. I'm so happy about this. So Ugh. when we were watching it live, um, so episode eight ends and they played the preview for the next week and it shows um, Finn Whitrock. Um, he's at Camp Redwood and there's not a lot of context in the commercial, but I see him and I'm just like the way he looks. I'm just like, this is definitely flash forward like 2019. Like I guarantee you it's Mr. Jingles, Benji's whatever son, like Bobby. And when they start the episode and, like, you see him pull up in his car and it goes 2019, I was like, yes, I was right. Like, I was so happy. Like, they didn't even reveal anything about him being Bobby yet. And I was like, I was right. Like, I was really happy about it. And it was just, I thought it was really cool that they did, like, that time jump to the future. Not the future. The present. The The future (laughs) Um, and the past when you're listening to this. Yes. Maybe. That's true. Yeah, it will be. But yeah, I like how they did it, and it was, like, the present day. So he's wandering around. He gets to Camp Redwood. It's abandoned. Um, He's, like, taking pictures on his phone. And then Montana appears, and she's like, what's that? And he's like, oh, it's a phone. And she's like, that's not a phone. And she starts laughing. And it's just, it's such an innocent moment. Like, it's kind of, it's really cute. And um, she's like, so what year is it? And he says 2019. And she's like, what? So, um, like, I guess she says a couple things. Like, I think she mentions the murder. Yeah. Murders to him. And then she's like, come with me. Or something. Like, we have to get you out of here. Yeah. She, he brings up that he's looking for his father. Yeah. Because she that's when he reveals that he's Bobby. And then I was like, like yes. Again, like, somebody won an award. <laughs> I was really excited about being right. And I was just really excited to see Finn Whitrock. Because I really do enjoy him. Yeah. Um, He always brings something to it. So. But, so she pretty much is just like. Because he's just like wow, you look like you just stepped out of the 80s or whatever. And then... um, You look a lot like the girl who was killed here. Yeah, like, like when I they get the to the cabin, she's like, oh, yeah, that was me. And she, like, tells a story about the picture he has, and it's, like, really funny. And then... um, So he's like, you can't be dead. And then Trevor comes out, and Bobby's like, what? And then they kill themselves. And they're pretty much, like, fucking with him at this point. And he opens the door to the cabin to leave. And then they're they're there. And Montana's like, yo! And she starts laughing. And he's just like, what? Like, it's so... It's such a funny scene. Yeah, it's a good way to reveal that they're immortal ghosts, essentially. Yeah. Um, So they go in and they tell him about the massacre. And that's when we're, like, flashback to 1989. Margaret's planning the festival still. So... Margaret finds out that Trevor's turning away concert goers, and she's like, are you fucking kidding me? So she confronts him. She shoots him multiple times, including in his dick, which is Ugh. awful to watch. Um, she shot him outside the camp, property line, so he can't stay there. 
Um, so then Montana sees him and she's in the camp and she's just like watching her lover die. And it's just, it's so awful. And then he tries crawling to her and he can't. And then Brooke shows up out of, no- <laughs> out of nowhere, almost like we know she's coming to the camp, but it's just like, what? Yeah. And Montana's like, don't you touch him. And like, it's real dramatic. And um, Brooke actually helps Trevor cross the property line to Montana and um montana's like all right and then trevor dies and then they pretty much have their like little happy ending montana and trevor like they're like these ghost lovers and like i don't know it's actually like again it's really sweet like and you don't expect that for american horror story and that's just the beginning of the episode um and because brooke helped trevor montana's like all right you know what i am gonna stop my killing now like it's gone too far and blah 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 so then like pretty much margaret and the night stalker and bruce are working together at this point yeah. Like, a team of murder, a trio of murderers, if you will. But then, like, all the... So, it's revealed that there's over 40 ghosts at the camp at this point. Yep. In 1989. So, everyone's just had it with those three, all the ghosts. So, they make a plan, and they kill Bruce, and they make sure they do it off the property line. Yep. And then Montana... They take him down the hill. Yep. And then Montana finds Ramirez, and she's, like, flirting with him to try to trick him. And then she takes him to this, like, barn or something. I don't even know. Uh, I think it's Lavinia's old cabin. Okay. It looks, like, really old school, so I didn't know. Um, So that makes sense. And then they, like, all the people show up. All the, like, not all of them, but a lot of the ghosts show like, up. more than a dozen. And they swarm around him and just start fucking murdering Ramirez. Like, they stab him. And it's, I love the swarming shots that they have, like, from above and stuff. Like, uh, yeah. The scene, the scenes are so good. And um, every time he wakes up, they kill him again. He's pretty much on a death watch. And it's so, like Montana tells Bobby, it's so that they could protect him in his life. And he's like, what? Yeah, because it's like, oh, if if we kill them, you know, and he then went off site, he would wake up, but we wouldn't be able to stop him. Yeah, because Satan would bring him back again. So, so he, yeah, he wouldn't be stuck here. He's, when he dies... He comes back to life, not just, he's not a ghost. Yeah, so it was, like, a sweet way. Because even though, like, a lot of them were there because his father, or Bobby's father, killed them. Yep. Mr. Jingles killed them. They were just, like, saving him. So that was, like, I don't know. It's touching. Yeah. Again, for American Horror Story, you don't expect that, especially for the finale. You're just, like, all these heartwarming moments. Yeah. So then we cut back to 2019, and it is Birdie and Chet's watch. And they're so bored of waiting, they are playing a game of some sort, and they start, like, making out, which is weird. Yeah. But 30 years of just hanging out, you're gonna get bored. Ramirez takes advantage of this, or Satan does, and he wakes up while they're distracted. How convenient, the timing. Yeah. (laughs) Bobby shows up and Ramirez gets away after 30 years. Yeah. Which, again, this is where what I mentioned earlier in this long episode is that um, there's, like, almost a plot hole people were questioning. Because if he was kept there for 30 years, then how did Richard Ramirez show up to Devil's Night in Season 5 Hotel? Yeah, so he didn't die in 2012 of cancer. He's been dying and waking up alive about the same age since 1989 yeah so a lot of people were saying they think maybe because spoiler alert in apocalypse when mallory goes back to in time she goes back to 2015 though yep so a lot of people were saying like maybe that just changed like histories and presents and futures 
So, I mean, it's possible. I mean, I like that theory. I like it better than that being a plot hole. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. But other than that, I really don't know how to explain that either. I, um, I unfortunately would probably just call it maybe not a plot hole, but maybe just because he wants to keep this so separate. It's, like I said, a different version of Ramirez. Yeah. And I like that so. too, honestly. So, again, better than just being a plot hole. Yep. <laughs> so, um,. But yeah, Ramirez goes. Yep, he wakes up, and then he takes those two out and is able to escape the cabin. He goes to, like, he starts running around the camp, and he, of course, goes directly to the cabin where Montana, Trevor, and Bobby are. And they overhear Bobby talking about being Richter's son. So he's like, ooh, I have somebody I'd like to kill, and he's right here. Yep. So they start doing a crazy ghost chase. Montana tells Bobby to just run and get off the grounds. We'll try to keep him here and go to the asylum and just go there and you'll get more answers. Yeah, if you look for the medical director, then you'll find out what you want to know. Yep. And then we're taken to a scene where Bobby has to interact with this snarky ass, like, I guess, receptionist. Yeah. Um... And she's, like, real bitchy. And she's, like, this isn't an ER because she sees that he was stabbed. And she freaking calls orderlies on him to admit him. And he's just, like, no. Okay, no. This this is not okay. I'm here just to find out about Benjamin Richter. And then Donna Chambers is there conveniently. And she's, like, wait, what? So she takes Bobby to her office and she tells him about his father. And she goes into detail telling him, like, Richter was innocent. It was Margaret. Um, and Bobby's just like, wait, really? But, um, yeah, like, and I think that's, it was kind of cool because then, because I didn't know if they would reveal that to him or not, you know? So that was pretty neat. So then we're shown Halloween night of 1989. Yep. And, um, Margaret sees the ghost outside her window and then there's Donna and then there's Brooke and they're there to get their revenge. Yeah, so... The ghosts do exactly that. Um, but it does look like uh, Brooke is shot a bunch. Yeah. Uh, so then the ghosts and alive Donna start just chopping Margaret up. In a wood chipper. And throwing her, throwing her parts into a wood chipper. Yeah. Like they... That's what it was <laughs> They disarm and disleg her. Yeah. And they're like, all right, we're also going to cut off your head. And it will live for 30 seconds after you're decapitated. So we'll have time... To throw you over the edge. And um, they tried to make sure that they did it over the property line. Yep. Yeah, they had it. Which they, is why they wanted to use the wood chipper. Yeah, so they, they had the wood chipper. Away. Like aimed right over the property yep. line. Yep. It's so, it's so good. Like it's comical and it's like, holy shit, gruesome. Yep. So uh, Bobby starts to thank Donna for the money that he's been receiving anonymously since he was a little kid. But she's like, it wasn't me. So they trace the money back to uh, a little post office where the money orders were being sent from in Oregon uh, to find that it was actually Brooke who survived being killed uh, by the help of Ray, who found her and was able to get her off of property. Yeah. By like getting her to the edge and she was able to stumble a bit and yep. then she was found, woke up in a hospital and then lived. 
So, and then Donna's a little like, oh shit, like, why didn't you let me know? Like, girl, I've been feeling guilt for all this time. Like, yep. like I'm the final girl, but I feel bad about it. And then um, she's like, I tried to call, but I just, there was nothing I could ever say because I just kept getting overcome with emotion thinking about everything we went through. Um, and like, she's moved on, she's married, she has kids. And Donna's just like, oh, I just wish that I would have known. Um, so then Bobby's just like, well, why would you send me money all this time? And she was just like, Honestly, I admired your dad when he moved on after all this traumatic stuff. And, um, like, I just, I wanted to help you. Like, I wanted to help you live your life normal and all that stuff. Yeah, it helped me prove to myself that it was possible. Yeah, and it was just, it was, again, really touching. Like, and, like for an American Horror Story, I'm just like, what am I watching? Like, yeah. that's, like, a big twist in itself is this finale, which I guess a lot of people weren't happy with, but I fucking loved it. Oh, so then, it's real sweet because then, um... She Brooke's just like, oh, well, Donna, I really hope you can forgive me. Like, it's so good to see you. And then Donna's like, we're bonded for life. Like, we're both the final girl. Like, we, we've we got this for life. You know, we've got this bond. So it's just, I don't know. I really liked that. I thought it was a sweet moment. Yeah, it was a good moment. Um, And then Bobby's just like, all right, can we go back to Redwood, though? Because I just felt something there when I was there. Um, So crazily enough, Bobby goes back to Camp Redwood. Yep, Donna's like, I won't take you, but yeah. you are more than welcome. Um, so he then sees the ghost of Margaret and she's like, I'll take you to your dad. (laughs) So, um, he was like, I thought that you died off the land. Like, how are you here? And she discloses that she died right before the wood chipper spit out her head. Yep. So she's been hiding from the ghost ever since. And then she pulls out a knife to kill Bobby, but then Richter shows up and stabs her in the head, which is freaking crazy. Yeah. And then Bobby, like, hugs his dad, and they have, like, this another tender-hearted moment for American Horror Story. Then Margaret, she kills Richter, right? Yeah, well, she tries to. Yeah, the ghost, of, yeah, the ghost of Margaret comes back because they do that. Yeah, and then she kills the kills, ghost. Kills, uh... Ben- Benjamin. Yeah. Um, I shouldn't say Rector since there's Bobby and Benjamin. Yeah. God, and then Bobby and Benjamin when they're little too. Jeez. Yeah, so. <laughs> New Bobby uh, runs away and is then saved by the rest of the counselors who show up, as well as Lavinia and Richter, uh, Benji again. Um, so then they're all like, all right, we'll stop them. Like, we've already got Ramirez back under control and we've... Got Margaret here. So and Margaret in her head thinks that she's the final girl. And it's just like, wow, that just proves how insane she is. Like, you're yep. dead. You're not the final girl. Yeah. So, um, so he's able to escape. And. He's, yeah, because Montana's like, you got to get out of here. Like, we'll always remember. Rem- we'll always remember you. But you got to go. <laughs> and. Um, before Bobby leaves the camp. He stops and sees his dad, Lavinia, and young Bobby holding hands as they watch him leave. And then he smiles and says his goodbyes. And then he's on his way and the episode ends. Yeah, and that's the season finale. And a lot of people didn't like it, but I really did. Like, And that's why, like, especially explaining this last episode, I keep laughing when I say, like, oh, a sweet moment. a Because it's American Horror Story and it ends... On a somehow happy note? Yeah, like, the first like, season ended as happy like, as you can get for being dead. Yeah, the first season ended with, like, a, like an awkward Christmas. 
Yeah. But they were still... It was, wasn't like as they, happy as it could yeah. have been. This was like the sweetest moment that you could possibly have in this scenario. Yeah. So. And I think that that was another way of Ryan Murphy being like, oh, you guys thought all my other seasons were getting stale. Here's this complete random fucking ending enjoy like yeah and there was so much negativity after the finale like because of course i always go online and read comments and i probably shouldn't but yeah like it never changes my view if anything i'm just like i want to know more why you didn't like it you know um so but critically like rotten tomatoes yeah this is like the highest rated season it's only got like five or six ratings right now but it's at like 95%. Yeah. And that's not to say like a lot of people don't like it, but I saw a lot of negativity. Yeah, and... like the fans didn't, but the people who can look at it as like a season of television that is part of an anthology, like I have been able to, they're just like, okay, yeah, this is really well done. Yeah. But I... if, if you're looking for the tie-ins and the same actors, even though you all didn't want it and now you want it back. Exactly. So yeah. Ryan Murphy fell into the trap of trying to please people he heard on the internet, but there's always the other people on the internet. But you know what? Even even in doing so, he made another brilliant season of a show, and I yeah. applaud him for it. It was absolutely well done. Um, so I'm glad he I'm glad he listened to the fans who wanted something different. And I feel like if every season so. ended in a horrible way, even though horror is in the title of the show, it would get a little like, oh, okay, we expect this. Yeah, so like, I really. I don't think I'll ever expect a happy ending on American Horror Story in the future, however many seasons there will be, but, um, like, and especially from how the sad happy ending from Apocalypse, because I was obviously upset over, like, the Michael Langdon and all that, but, um, I just feel like it was, it definitely was fresh, like, for a season of American Horror Story. Um, and even when I was taking people, um, getting people's rankings, 1984 was either like pretty much middle or like real low like there was a couple people who had it in the top three but it was pretty low and i was just like oh man really (laughs) i'm excited to do all the math that i'm about to do yeah tonight as of recording and there was a lot of people who hadn't seen it yet and i was just like come on guys get with it chop chop watch it um that's just me being annoying it's fine but yeah they'll eventually watch it and i i don't know i mean i enjoyed it you're allowed to be annoyed at people for not watching something that you like when they like half of the other things that are a part of it. <laughs> it's like, you watch the rest. Why aren't you watching this? And it's, I don't even care if people watch it and they don't like it like a lot of other people. I just, I like to talk about it with my friends. Yeah. So that's why I'm just like, guys, watch it. Um, And then like one of my close friends, I think it's his third time rewatching 1984. So then some people really love it, you know? Yeah. Um, So yeah, like, I don't know. I personally really liked it. Um, I think it is going to be high on my ranking. Maybe definitely not top three. <laughs> I already know my top three, but yeah, we'll definitely see where things land. But um, yeah, overall though, the eighties were alive. Absolutely. And a lot of the people were not. <laughs> so we'll go into a little bit of uh, other little things. Um, it's too early for awards because this fell into that weird part of the year where I don't know if it qualified for Golden Globes, but they weren't nominated. But I don't think it qualifies for... It won't qualify until the next Emmys. Or it will... I don't know. (laughs) Either way. It's not on anybody's radar yet as far as nominations. Yeah. But... um, We'll see. Yeah, so we can go into, obviously, some of your favorite things. Like... 
I mean... <laughs> they say that Brooke's the star, and she probably is, but to me, it's Montana. Yeah, Billy Lord does so good as Montana. Like, I think that I really like her, and then she does another role, and I'm just like, yes, girl! Like, and she brought this character to 80s fucking life. Yeah, like... As of recording this, uh, it's very close. It's Star Wars, the uh, episode nine had just come out. We haven't watched it <gasps> She's yet. She's going to be in it, right? Yes. Fuck yes. So I was going to say, Fuck we haven't yes. watched it yet, so you don't have to worry about us saying anything about that. But Billy Lord is in it again. I do love her. So we get to see more of her in that role. Yeah. So... I'm definitely biased. I got that big old crush on her, but... You really do. She's also on, like... Uh, so I, I knew that that was going to be, like, one of your favorite things. Yeah. Um, Honestly, for me, Cody Fern in this role, because oh the only other thing yes. I've seen him in was Michael Langdon, so this was... I saw complete... him in Gianni Versace, the yeah. American Crime Story, whatever it yeah, is. Yeah, this um, was the only other, this is the only thing I've seen him in. And I was like, this is completely yes. different, and it's so good. I wanted more, though. Like, yeah. I wanted him to have more lines, because he had such a fucking sassy character, like, being to pl- like being able to play Xavier, like... Yeah. I just feel like he was a very, like, gender-fluid, like... Just unique, sassy, like fun character. Yeah. And I just feel like he, he could have had a lot more one liners, so Absolutely. Um, but no, I really I loved him too. I just wanted a little more from that. Um yeah, but like my number one thing about this season is the soundtrack. Oh yeah. Like, they did so good. It like it's cause it's like Stranger Things in that way, where if you're gonna have something in the eighties, you have to get that part of it right well when i think of the 80s it might take you out of it yeah when i think of the 80s i think of music and fashion and yep. they nailed both of these what i actually also would have loved a little more of this season two is 80s slang like some more tubulars and rads and like there was a few there's a few like catchphrases a little bit um but i wanted more like you're in the 80s why not talk like it it's true but overall i we already know i loved it yep. so um and then dislikes would just be, like, the little random things I mentioned, like, why the fuck Xavier was about to be the only camp counselor. Conveniently yeah, so. just a little. And some of the convenient moments, like, timing-wise, but And, like, how a it. ghost can be outside of the camp and then brought in was weird. Because it's like, oh, they found Jonas outside of the camp. But then his ghost was able to be transported across the line. So now it's tied there, but it can't be gone again? I think, honestly, it was because he bordered... Because he was stabbed, right? In 1970? Or did he not get stabbed at all? I think he... Well, he was missing an ear. I don't know. I think that happened after he was hit by the car, though. Yeah, because it was Margaret who actually hit him. Yeah. So, um, who's to say? Because I'm sorry, if he got stabbed there, maybe he was, like, bordering death, and that's why he had, like, such that connection. But he actually died over the property line, so it was, like, bordering both, cusp-wise. Um... But I actually don't know. Yeah, so that part was always, like, weird to me. There was just almost a lot of random characters this season. Like Bruce. Yeah, Bruce the shark. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I think that will wrap this up. Uh, this was the last episode of the reviews. Um, I've already got a good amount of rankings, so I'm going to go with what I have. Uh, so, if you try to get your rankings in... I might see it before I before we record the last episode, but I wouldn't expect to. Um, so if you missed it, that's okay. You can still let us know what you think about the seasons in the comments of these these episodes. Oh yeah, absolutely. Um, so make sure you check out next week's episode to find out our rankings as well as the fans' average ranking. 
And then check us out everywhere else. We are on the internet, like Facebook and Twitter and Instagram and YouTube and Twitch. Uh, If you can somehow find this on Apple Podcasts or iTunes, whatever they want to call it nowadays, and give us a rating, that'd be great. We can always use that. Uh, Do the same for Tapes and Scales at capesandscalespodcast.com so Max and Tim can be Rotten Tomatoes uh, actual like critics, not just people who do it. If they get enough uh, things on that, they can be like listed as critics on Rotten Tomatoes. Oh, cool. So that's kind of neat. That is neat. So go over there, do that. And then also listen to Did You See with Max and Dan on our channel. And thank you for listening to all of this. Goodbye.